Welcome back, everybody. I'm Rick Pettigrew, and I'm about to reveal the top news stories that appeared this past week on Archaeologica. Send us feedback on the Archaeology Channel Facebook page, or post a message on our social networking site, Archaeoseek. Archaeologists in England are working on a 200,000-year-old mammoth graveyard associated with stone tools from Neanderthals. Tobacco seeds in the Utah desert are now dated 9,000 years older than any seen before. A cluster of Norse longhouses in Norway, one of them truly huge, has been revealed by ground-penetrating radar near a Viking longship burial. And a new report on the Clotilda, the last known American slave ship, reveals that most of the ship below water is intact. The Audio News team would like to thank our friends for helping us continue the show without a break since we started more than 20 years ago. If you're not already a supporting member, please go to archaeologychannel.org and click on the Donate button. Especially now, we can use all the help we can get. Thanks to you also for supporting our subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, available at heritagetac.org. We now have 173 titles you can binge upon with your smart TVs on Roku, including our own series, Strata, Portraits of Humanity. Again, that link is heritagetac.org. Please help us spread the word. And now, here's Laura Pettigrew with the audio news from Archaeologica. We hope you find this to be a valuable part of your day. Welcome to the audio news from Archaeologica. I'm Laura Pettigrew, and these are the headlines in archaeological and historical news for the week of December 19th through the 25th, 2021. Our first story this week brings us to southwest England, where archaeologists have excavated five well-preserved mammoth remains, as well as multiple stone Neanderthal tools. As reported by Live Science, the findings came from a quarry near the town of Swindon, England. The mammoth remains include those of an infant, two juveniles, and two adults. A cache of stone tools also turned up unearthed nearby. According to Dig Ventures, a crowdsourced archaeological team in the UK that led the excavation, the series of Neanderthal-crafted stone tools includes a hand axe and small flint tools known as scrapers, typically used to clean animal hides. The mammoth remains have yet to be analyzed to determine butchering marks made by the tools can be seen on the bones. Lisa Westcott-Wilkins, co-founder of Dig Ventures, considers the discovery of the Middle Paleolithic tools near the mammoth remains an exceptional find. Dig Ventures arranged field seasons in 2019 and 2020 to excavate the site soon after two amateur fossil hunters first discovered the mammoth remains and tools. Archaeologists uncovered additional Ice Age remnants, including fragile beetle wings and freshwater snail shells. The mammoth remains, such as tusks, leg bones, ribs, and vertebrae, belong to a species of steppe mammoth. According to Dig Ventures, the five individuals found at the site are smaller than the typical early steppe mammoths that stood up to 13 feet high at the shoulder. Researchers believe this was an indication that the species may have shrunk in size during an exceptionally cold period of the Ice Age. The site dates to between 220,000 and 210,000 years ago, toward the end of an interglacial period when temperatures had warmed and Neanderthals still lived in Britain. However, once temperatures dropped again, the Neanderthals moved further south. It is currently unclear why so many mammoths died in a single location, and whether Neanderthals hunted the animals or scavenged their remains. 
The team plans to continue research on the relationship between Neanderthals and prehistoric creatures, including mammoths. Previous evidence from other sites suggests that Neanderthals may have stalked large prey. As reported by Live Science, adult and juvenile Neanderthal footprints were present at a 100,000-year-old straight-tusked elephant nursery in southern Spain. This may be a prehistoric hint that they may have visited the nursery to target vulnerable individuals or opportunistically scavenge remains from females who died during labor or stillbirths. Duncan Wilson, the chief executive of Historic England, a British historical preservation body, believes the discoveries have enormous value for understanding Britain's early humans and that the fragile environmental evidence recovered will also help researchers better understand this site in the larger context of past climate change. Our next story takes us to the West Utah desert, where Air Force archaeologists made the groundbreaking discovery of 12,300-year-old tobacco seeds in an ancient Native American hearth. The analysis of the seeds suggests the cultural roots of human tobacco use in North America dates back nearly 9,000 years earlier than previously thought. As reported by Air Force Material Command News, the site of the hearth and seeds is on the Utah Test and Training Range, where archaeologists have long known that the base also held a wealth of cultural artifacts. The Air Force archaeologists named the site the Wishbone Site, a name chosen because of the high number of bird bones present there. According to Janie Hershey, the Air Force Civil Engineer Center Cultural Resources Specialist, an odd black stain appeared on the ground near a spear point, other stone tools and burned bird bones also gave excavators further motivation to keep digging. Test results revealed that the black stain was charcoal, and evidence indicated that the site was once an open-air camp with a fire pit, likely used by a late Ice Age hunter-gatherer group. Archaeologists suspect the tobacco may have been used to chew or smoke by the fireside, but remain unsure of its exact prehistoric uses. Hershey believes that new evidence could help archaeologists understand how tobacco became a significant plant to Native American peoples throughout the Americas. The evidence could also help researchers learn the plant's uses and the influences that led to its eventual domestication. Darren Duke, lead author on the study and principal of the Far Western Anthropological Research Group, hypothesized that the first Americans to arrive on the continent would likely have discovered the psychoactive properties of tobacco soon after their arrival in the region roughly 16,000 years ago. However, the archaeological evidence for this hypothesis was lacking until the recent discovery at Wishbone. To address issues in this newly expanded timeline, the Wishbone Site archaeological team reached out to go shoot Native American tribal representatives who have ties to the West Utah Desert. Hershey stresses that tribal input on archaeological discoveries is an invaluable supplement to scientific interpretations. Rupert Steele, chairman of the Confederated Tribes of the Goshute Reservation, underscored the tobacco discovery as a significant finding for indigenous peoples with ties to the land. Steele emphasizes that desert tobacco has an ancient indigenous history, and that tobacco has healing properties when it is used with other medicinal herbs and purifies the air when ceremonies are held. Tribal insights allow researchers to gain a broader understanding of humanity's relationship to natural resources and the environment. The archaeology team's search for more evidence to improve understanding of the early Native American story continues. 
Plans have been made to excavate other areas on mostly undisturbed plots of land on the base that may have important discoveries waiting to be found. Our third story takes us to southern Norway, where ground-penetrating radar revealed the underground remains of at least five Norse longhouses, including one of the largest of these structures ever found. The discoveries were made at Gjellestad, a site located in Østfold County, about 50 miles southeast of Oslo. A Viking longship, dating from between A.D. 750 and 850, was found at the site in 2018, in a burial mound that had long been flattened by plowing. That ship had also been discovered using motorized ground-penetrating radar, which can map out structures and objects buried in the ground and where the earth had been disturbed in the past. According to the Norwegian Institute for Cultural Heritage Research, the building remains are about 500 meters northeast of the Viking ship burial. The largest of the longhouses is almost 200 feet long and 50 feet wide, based on the results of the ground-penetrating radar. Lars Gustafsson, an archaeologist at the Norwegian Institute for Cultural Heritage Research, believes it was likely utilized as a hall building for religious, political, or social purposes rather than being occupied by people or animals. He thinks the recently discovered smaller longhouses likely were used as places to live. Although no human remains appeared, archaeologists think the Viking ship burial may once have held the body of a Norse king or queen. Near the ship are roughly 20 other graves, and about 360 feet to the southeast lies the Jellahaugen Mound, the second largest burial mound in Norway, which dates to between AD 400 and 500. However, only the archaeological excavations planned for next year can reveal for certain what each of the structures at the site were most likely used for. Archaeologists have yet to date the new discoveries, so it is not yet known if the structures predate the Viking ship. According to Gustafsson, a similar longhouse nearby was excavated in previous years that predated the Viking ship by centuries. If the results of the newly discovered longhouses come back with comparable dates, then it can be assumed that the site of Gjellestad was a significant location for hundreds of years, even prior to the Viking Age. The location of Gjellestad itself could hold clues as to why it remained a significant place across centuries. The area, which is now farmland, sits about a mile from the sea, and the buildings are situated near crucial old transport routes, making the location ideal for the movement of people and trade goods. In addition, the landscape has excellent access to natural resources. Major research collaboration among archaeologists, historians, and other specialists is underway and focused on the development of Gjellestad from the beginnings of the Nordic Iron Age around 500 BC until the start of the Viking Age in about AD 800. We end this week in Mobile, Alabama, where researchers are studying the sunken wreckage of the Clotilda, the last known United States ship involved in the transatlantic slave trade. Maritime archaeologists have discovered that most of the wooden schooner remains remarkably intact, including a pen used to imprison captured Africans for weeks during the cruel voyage across the Atlantic Ocean. The Clotilda is the last ship known to have transported African captives to the American South to be sold into slavery. Nearly 90 feet in length, it departed Mobile, Alabama, for an illegal trip to purchase people decades after Congress outlawed such trade in 1808. 
After the ship's final voyage in 1860, the Clotilda was intentionally set ablaze to hide evidence of its illegal journey. However, most of the vessel did not catch fire and remained in the river. It had been seen on navigational charts since the 1950s, but the wreck was publicly confirmed in 2019 as that of Clotilda and has been explored and researched since then. According to James Delgado, a maritime archaeologist of the Florida-based archaeological firm Search Incorporated, the remains of the ship were known to be buried in the mud of the Mobile Tensaw River Delta. The vessel is surprisingly well-preserved. In fact, it is the most intact slave shipwreck ever discovered. Delgado believes the fresh water and mud of the River Delta were favorable conditions to help preserve the ship. At least two-thirds of the upper portion of the Clotilda is gone, but the section below deck, where the captured Africans and stockpiles were held as cargo, is still largely in one piece. The existence of an unlit and unventilated slave pen in the lower section of the ship leaves researchers questioning whether food and water containers, chains, and possibly even human DNA could be in the hull. One million dollars has been set aside by the state for preservation and research. Additional work in early 2022 could shed light on what remains inside the hull, but more work is needed to determine if the ship could be excavated from the mud. While the discovery of the sunken ship is relatively new, its brutal history lives on through the descendants of enslaved Americans who were transported to America on the Clotilda 160 years ago. When slavery was abolished following the South's loss in the Civil War, some of the Africans from the Clotilda settled in a community they started called Africatown, a few miles north of downtown Mobile. Jocelyn Davis, a sixth-generation granddaughter of African captive Cujo Lewis and vice president of the Clotilda Descendants Association, believes the stories of what happened are best told through the people who were involved. Still, Davis is excited to learn more about what researchers will discover. In January 2022, a documentary by Alabama-born filmmaker Margaret Brown, titled Descendant, will premiere at the Sundance Film Festival, and descendants from the Clotilda captives are planning an annual gathering. That wraps up the news for this week. For more stories and daily news updates, visit Archaeologica on the World Wide Web at archaeologica.org, where all the news is history. Also, be sure to check out our new subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, at heritagetac.org. I'm Laura Pettigrew, and I'll see you next week. This has been the audio news from Archaeologica, presented by the Archaeology Channel. Be sure to check back with us next week for our next edition. You can spread the word about the audio news by clicking on the Share This link on our audio news webpage, or just by telling your friends. Thanks very much for stopping by. Mm-hmm.